0: Hello, Kayla.
1: Hello, Kenzie Brenna. How are you tonight?
0: I'm doing okay today. I'm experiencing some irritability from my ADHD meds, which you mm-hmm. experienced. But yeah, I'm okay. I'm, I'm like absolutely – I'm so excited to record this topic. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is something that – this is something that I have never heard anybody on the internet – Talk about. So I'm really excited to, to just be here despite my irritability from five ants. Please do not, please don't take that if you're susceptible to irritability. Um, how are you doing today?
1: Um, I'm good. It was like one of those mornings where you wake up and you get your period and you're like, oh, that's great. We're gonna have a great productive day. And we did. Um, we did show up for the podcast, so that feels really good. Um, we are winning at life, and I'm excited to talk about today's topic because it's a topic that I thought would be fun and also one that has been very challenging to get through for me. So I want to mm-hmm. like dive into this hands deep. I almost said balls deep, but I'm like, if you have children around, just be prepared. I am not family friendly at times. So
0: yeah, <laughs> <I'll>, yeah. <laughs> Like also this is not this isn't the family friendly podcast. So also what are you doing with without your headphones on if you're listening to our podcast? But we're just kidding, kind of. Not really. No, not at all. So today we're gonna be talking about mukbangs. And this is a really exciting topic for Kaylin and I to chat about with you all because I, like I said, I personally never seen anybody online talk about this. And Kayla has done so much extensive research for us regarding what mukbangs are, how they have kind of grown in popularity on the internet, and then also like what our takes are on mukbangs and how they intersect when, with the binging community. And have yeah. you, Kayla, like, have you ever seen someone from our community? actually do like an in-depth discussion about mukbangs
1: no not not specifically on mukbangs definitely on feederism which i know we were talking about earlier today which is a totally different topic that i don't know if anyone has ever heard of and we can get into that at a later date but I feel like they don't talk about mukbangs in our community because it is just glorified binge eating.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So they started in around 2009 in South Korea and they were known as broadcast jockeys because what was happening is they would do these kind of live chats um, and people could tune in to watch um, them cook their food, to eat, they could um, tip money and that way people felt like they were eating in community. So that was the real idea behind them and people didn't feel so alone and isolated because a big part of the culture in Korea is community. And then I think it was around 2014, 2015, where they really took off in America, the Americanization of mukbangs. And um, that's where we have them of today, where Trisha Paytas was actually the first mukbanger. Freaking Trisha Paytas. Trisha Paytas.
0: For people who don't know who Trisha is, could you just let people know? Cause she's a, I mean, I'm sure that most people know her, but for those who don't know her, who is Trisha?
1: Okay. At one point, like I, when I was first blogging, by the way, someone came to me and said, you know who you reminded me of? And I had no idea who she was. And they go, you remind me of Trisha Paytas. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. Like, I'm going to go watch this person. That's so nice. Like she's so authentic. She's kind of messy. Nope nope that's not a compliment if someone gives that to you it is not trisha is a great entertainer she's kind of fucking psychotic um <laughs> she just like literally has mental breakdowns on the internet exposes everyone she's like an ex-sex worker no no she still has an OnlyFans. does she well she had baby malibu barbie um yeah Yeah. trisha is an interesting like og youtuber like back in the jeffrey star shane dawson days and she would like tell these like call daddy stories eating mukbangs and just like telling her whole life on youtube oh Mm. man i'm not gonna buy Trisha's content like she's a musty bitch and it's so good to watch
0: Yeah, I feel like she doesn't really have a niche. She's just like this internet personality that is extremely chaotic, very messy, all over the place. She's very memeified. Like, she's like, there's so many memes and gifs of her kind of like floating around the internet. And I don't think that people. I don't think that people realize it's her when they're maybe, you know, putting up a GIF or like reposting a meme or there's even that clip of her, like there will be like certain TikTok trends that like have her voice in it. Yeah. Yeah. So she's pretty embedded in our internet culture in a way. I remember I first started watching mukbangs back in about 2016. So in that era, like you said, when it kind of got popularized here In the West. And Mm -hmm. I remember watching, I think that I watched them kind of out of a spectacle the same way that we were talking about in the What I Eat in a Day videos, that critique that we gave of them, how there's sort of this spectacle feature of mukbangs, like you're watching someone eat such a large portion of food. and It's never, and correct me if I'm wrong, but mukbangs are never, they're never
1: salads. No, that's boring as shit to watch.
0: Even though, so there's this new like cross breed of mukbangs where they're like ASMR mukbangs. And, and they're they're So sometimes even the person will even cut out. They will cut out their so so the frame will go lower than their eyes. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: they'll they'll have half of their face cut out. And you're just watching their nose, their mouth, and what they're eating and the sounds of it. And so there's like this ASMR feel to them. And I remember watching it and that was the vibe of it. Like this is an ASMR thing where they're eating cope like large amounts of food. And I think I was watching it like what is happening here? I wasn't, I didn't like love it, Yeah, but I thought that it was
1: interesting. Okay. I was watching those last night and they're very creepy. <laughs> they're Tell very me. creepy. Are they not? Like what brought you to that search of that mukbang?
0: Okay. So from one of the re- parts of research that you sent me, I listened to this story of this woman who had gastric bypass surgery. Yes. And she was talking about how she can't eat fried foods anymore. They hurt her stomach. So Mm -hmm. in order to satisfy this craving that she has for fried foods, Mm -hmm. she will watch mukbangs. And I thought that was so interesting because when I started watching them, it was definitely because I wanted to watch people eat what I, quote unquote, couldn't eat as well, because I was heavily mm-hmm. dieting. So I was watching people eat all of this, like, and some of the food was just so, looked just so delicious. It was like, all of this seafood or all of this like, um, like Korean street food or yeah. these like, you know, spicy noodles. And I was like, Oh my God, I just, I want to be able to eat all of this. And I can't right now. Cause all that I'm eating is like rice cake, cauliflower and protein powder and peanut butter, which is fine. Yeah. Those things on their own are still delicious, but I'm no longer just eating those things. And I was, so I was watching it to watch other people enjoy it.
1: What? Okay, yes. No, that's like, there's a real theory around this. So I was like watching a documentary on mukbangs last night, and apparently it's called the mirror neuron theory. And it gives you this feeling of pleasure when you watch it. And it elicits the same responses as us performing it when we watch people do it. And it's called vicarious satiation where prolonged focus exposure can make us feel full like you've eaten it yourself. Like these are like actually scientifically proven things. And one of the main reasons why people watch mukbangs, which I I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that like satisfaction was the number one reason. And like you're saying, like people in the comment section saying like, I can't eat these foods. I'm dieting. I've had bypass surgery. Um, this makes me feel full and whole, which is mm. so sad.
0: Thank you so much for explaining that sort of that sciencey part of it, because that always helps me. I, I just love that information because it helps me give myself like a little bit more compassion. You know, like maybe mm-hmm. this is something that happens with humans when we watch other people eat. It's not a bad thing that we're fascinated by people who are eating stuff on the internet. It's actually like coming up organically because we, we just, we enjoy watching it. And it was something that you had said earlier in terms of it got popular in South Korea out of this live streaming, because in Korea, it's more it's more normal to eat with other people and if you can't then you get to turn on this live stream and watch someone eat and then you get to eat too and it's like yes. oh it's kind of like virtually quelling loneliness in a mm-hmm. way. You know in in a way it's like I don't think it's obviously perfect but they're so different now. Do you know what I mean? I don't know they're okay. so Yes. I never Yeah. They're okay. so different now
1: hear what you're saying and I think the original intention was with like authenticity for connection and community and Kenzie you always talk about this you're always like in hunter and gatherer times and then I finally found a video that was like in hunter and gatherer times there was a connection for community and they all went out to get their food together and one person like you know, got the meat, one person gathered it, then a community cooked it, then they sat together. So it's always been like very communal and you always talk about connection with people. So like Korean people, they really feel connected by that. Like apparently you've been to Korea, I personally haven't, but my understanding is that like a lot of the tables are communal and people like eat together, whether they're alone or not. So people, you know, with the advent of the internet are feeling very lonely, very isolated. And this was a way to have that community originally. And then now it's just turned into like this spectacle of shock and awe and almost a contest for who could do the most extreme mukbang for like views.
0: Okay. So that's another, that's such a great point. Also, I haven't technically been to been to South Korea. I've just okay, so gone go on a layover there. No, 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 no. That's okay. But but I have gone to Thailand and I have gone in, gone to um, Bali and Indonesia. And I would definitely say that I think that Southeast Asia has common trends throughout the countries there. And I do think that, especially in Thailand, it did feel very communal it did feel like eating was a very communal mm. thing unless you were like eating on the job or like of course i'm sure that there are people that that eat alone i'm sure but it yeah. definitely feels much more communal there at least from from my my experience but the part that you just hinted that hinted at which i think is the factor here because it's not just so innocent that we're just like watching this person eat and then that's it. And then life is good. And then we feel happy for a second.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: like the people that are putting these videos on now have views to get. And in order to get yes. views, what, what gets the most views? Outrageous things. We always, always push for outrageous things or to be the best or to be the the one that is the most captivating. Mm -hmm. And so the amount of food has grown in these mukbangs.
1: Okay. So you were the first one who ever said this to me. And it really made me think because like I was the one who said, I liked mukbangs to you originally. I was like, I like them. Like I thought about Trisha Paytas and like, I don't even care. I like Jeffree Star like even before his weird Illuminati shit, but like they would eat like Taco Bell and do makeup. And I was like, it's fun, Like, it's just a meal. And um, you were like, it's binge eating, Kayla. It's binge eating. Um,
0: I'm sorry. You were like, look at this nice little bubble that I have for you. And I was like, pop, bitch, it's fucking binge eating.
1: You ruined I am it. So like, you did it. Sorry. Oh
0: sorry. I can't, like,
1: unsee it. I can't, like, now that you're, like, it's binging every time I see, like, what do you call it? The screenshot for it. What's the...
0: Yeah, right. The, dis- like, the display picture of the
1: of I'm the like, okay, video. so how's your eating disorder going? Like, every time.
0: Yeah, okay. So, I do still agree that, I don't know if it's, like... I don't know if we can technically categorize it as binge eating because binge eating has a pathology to it, but I definitely think that this is intentional overeating and, and I know that even that language sometimes is not seen as proper in, in, in our communities. So I would say this is intentional eating past fullness, which is the same thing as overeating, but it's fine. Um,
1: and I think <laughs> but that, it's fine.
0: but it's okay. That's fine. We can just focus on language, and that's that's Let's just fight over helpful. language in the
1: comments. Yep, that doesn't yeah. here.
0: <laughs> I think that it feels like since mukbangs have since mukbangs have grown, it, like kind of like organically evolved. They've gone through this evolution of this live streaming yeah. that has happened solely in South Korea as a way to engage people who might be a little bit lonely, engage people who are living by themselves, engage people who can't necessarily eat with family or like eat around people, that this served a purpose. And then it kind of like grew and evolved. And then the the West kind of started to pick up on it. And now it's evolved in my opinion. And I'm just talking about me in the West from like the mukbang searches that come yes. up on TikTok and on YouTube, it seems like here they have grown into a mess of a spectacle of just pure overeating. And I personally I hate it. I think that I'm I think it's disrespectful. I I don't know who it's disrespectful to. I don't know to what. I'm like, is this disrespectful to like koreans who are who are not doing this in the same way but then i have seen uh you know like i have seen creators in south korea who are eating extremely large amounts of food only to find out later that that mukbang has been edited so they're not actually eating all of that
1: food and i'm like how come no one's talking about this is anyone talking about this? Like can you share that editing and like the secrets behind it cuz I still didn't find that and I want to know. Like what is the what are the tricks they're doing?
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm to be honest, I'm not 100% sure as well. Um you asked me where did I read that? I have to find that um whatever I read or heard, I have to find it again because I'm pretty sure that I didn't make it up, but someone was mentioning that I think I watched something on YouTube that was talking about how there's just really fast editing that happens. So someone will be behind camera and someone will be eating like large amounts of food. So, and then they will go and reach for something and mid reach that person from behind the camera will come out. And then that person can spit out what they're eating and through speeding it up and scrubbing it like through speeding it up and through like really tight editing you can make it sort of appear like this like seamless thing because I have watched the amount of food that some of these mukbangers eat and I'm like there is no way that you are okay after that and you kind of wanted to talk about this in terms of like sport eating as well but this isn't sport eating so bad
1: no this is
0: not sport eating. You are, this is not a sport. This is this to me, this is a spectacle and you are not eating all of that much and you are not eating all of
1: that much and either being okay or you're not, there's just no way. No. Like, okay. First of all, can we talk about like the cost of that? How much money do those meals cost? I truly want to know. We're talking a few hundred dollars and then like, how do they finish it? Okay. This is where my mind goes immediately. This is what I've just like, I've constructed in my mind since last night, I've decided that they are all purging afterwards, whether that's with laxatives, a finger, a toothbrush. I don't know, because there's no way you are consuming that much food and it's staying in your body or you're eating over hours and hours. And like, maybe it's an all day thing. And they're the, just speeding it up. It ha- like, I can't comprehend it and also like it's these really thin people so like how are you not a thousand pounds if this is your full-time job I'm just gonna say it like there's none of this like I can't I can't comprehend what I'm watching and I'm just gonna be so so straightforward here I don't care like what culture we're talking about here like I'm talking about the genre like mukbang itself like I gagged I I had such a hard time watching it. I was gagging the whole time because I couldn't like the overconsumption to me. Like it was exposure therapy for binge eating. Like I was like, Mm. I don't want to do this. I don't like this looks, I literally wrote in our notes. I'm like, this looks painful. Mm. Like it's sad. It's friggin'. it looks sad, like lifeless. It's like, you kind of hope they're lying.
0: You kind of do hope that they're lying because you're like, you're not actually eating all of this. And then- I don't know. Are you eating something because you're okay with it being a lie and you're just like curious as to like, oh, what's like the next bite gonna look like and what and whatnot? But I think what gets me too is like how they're eating is that it's it's a constant it's constant of, um, like you're you're eating a lot all at one point and like they're not taking breaks.
1: So it almost yeah. is looking like it's like bleeding into sport eating. I'm not quite sure. Okay. I don't know how it works with sport eating. You know how badly I want to talk about sport eating. Like I literally went to a restaurant in Texas where I was convinced that I could eat the sport eating state until I saw what the level of food was in Texas. I don't know how those people do it. It's impressive. And also I don't know how their esophagus aren't like ripped in half. It's so um, funny. Yo, but there's like criteria for, um, I almost said binge eating. Like, I don't even know why we're calling mukbangs anymore. For binge, there's criteria for binge eating for Mm -hmm. mukbangs about the satisfyingness apparently that people rated has to have certain characteristics. Like it can't be too messy or else it's like disgusting for some people. So it has to be like clean eating. There's like not food everywhere. Like the chewing sounds have to be crisp and clear, but like at the same time, like not too overpowering. Like there's a very specific aesthetic to the sound and to the visuals. Like they want the sound to be like pleasure, like erotic almost, but not overly erotic because like, you know, it is food porn. We haven't gotten into that, which didn't even cross my mind. By the way, I hashtag food porn all the time. I've done food vlogs where I've like gone and reviewed restaurants. I've literally gone on dates with guys who I didn't know were into feederism. And then I realized that we are literally consuming this is porn. We're literally like, oh, my God. Eat that chicken nugget, baby. Oof. How's mm. that sweet and sour sauce? You like it? You like it drippy?
0: Ew. That's it. We're editing it all out, guys. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> Take it away
0: right now. Give away. us five stars. It does feel like there is sort of this odd, like, sexual or sensual thing that's happening with mukbangs and that's another part that kind of if i'm gonna be so real and honest
1: get into it get into it
0: i think for me how do i say this
1: I you're closing when, your eyes for this like you're really getting into the zone
0: i don't think i've ever talked about this but when i when i binge eat ooh, it's definitely tender when I binge eat, I don't feel sexual. I take out all aspects of any other part of me out because what I'm doing in that moment is to leave my body. And in order for me to have an integrative sexual experience, I have to be in my body. And when I, when I um, overeat or accidentally mindlessly eat, or when I intentionally binge eat, I am removing that part of myself. I Mm. am not connected to myself anymore. And so for someone to overlap, and again, I'm not saying that I'm not yucking anyone's yum. Like if you, you know, like whipped cream and strawberries with your partner and you're living your best life, I think that's like beautiful and amazing and all the things. And I have like a hard line, like there is like no food, And me that like go together in like, you know, the, the sexual arena. Like that's like, that's, that's not it for me. So this layering of, um, of like eroticism or, or sensuality or sexuality that maybe it's not sexuality, but sensuality or eroticism that's like layered on top sort of with the ways that these people are eating them, um, is, makes me feel like my body's like rejecting it. Like it doesn't.
1: Yes. I don't
0: like it. Like it, I feel yes. almost it, the violated is not the right word. Like, please be, please know that I'm not meaning to say violated, but I feel like there's something disturbing about it and I don't mm-hmm. like it. I'm like, no, this is, this doesn't feel good. And I don't know how else to describe it other than those hands, those hand actions where I'm like,
1: no, thank you. So that's oh my God. okay. Thank you so much for sharing that, for like sharing your vulnerability. I'm so proud of you. That took a lot of courage. And I feel like a lot of people can really l- relate to having that like outer body experience and that like food is not sexual in that sense. Like I know for me, um, when I want to binge eat, I want to numb out. I'm going there. It's my drug. I'm going there to self-harm, to drug myself, and to not feel myself. Um and even when I think about being with partners, like if I'm going to eat a good meal, like it's a good meal or it's sex. Like if I'm full, we're not having sex. Like that's just how it's going here. Um, I definitely can like relate to a lot of what you said. And I think a lot of viewers here will, but I do think if we look at it from an outside perspective, because you and I know about the feederism community and feedies and foodies and feedies, I don't know. Um, Shit, I'm so sorry. I'm not meaning to shame anyone's kinks here. But like people have a lot of food fetishes. And I think there's an aspect here that really draws people when they hear the mmm, that's so good. And they see people eating. And I think um And it's like dripping over yeah. their mouth, out of their mouth, and then like when onto the, like, hands their hands and their hands. Yeah. Mm. Like the whole sensation of it and like I think, I think one of the things I read was about like sensational ASMR. Like you were talking about just the mouth.
0: Yeah. And in a way, like you're cutting off, like you're virtually, of course we're speaking virtually, but you're virtually cutting off parts of your body to make this content more engaging. And I, I just want, I would ask myself, like, why am I watching a person just eat with just their nose and their mouth in into the... Like, why I I personally don't engage in that content. But also, like you said, like, we're not here to yuck anyone's yum. I think we're just trying to actually just have a public conversation on mukbangs because we haven't ever heard it before and that we... You and I both feel like there is just... There can be this sexual element to them that we're yeah. not. That we just want to call into light, and not that if if you're listening or if if anyone ever hears this and they're like, you know what, actually, I do get a little bit of like a little kink from that. I do kind of like it. Kayla and I are like literally whatever floats your boat, whatever wets literally. your boat, whatever floats your boat. You all good? Whatever mm-hmm. is going on consensually, we do not care. We're just calling it out yeah. of like. The different factors of
1: mukbang. I'll try it once. You will try anything once, twice if you like it, three times if you love. Exactly. You never know what you like till you try it. So I'm not here to shame anyone on that front. I mean, we did did promote anal beads last episode, so you don't even know how kinky we're gonna get. Okay, you don't even know. (laughs) You
0: don't know what's gonna happen in this episode. We still have a couple (laughs) more minutes to go. (laughs) No, gonna come up. So I'm curious when do you think I'm going to say, I'm going to ask a question and it's not a PC question, but that's like what we're here for.
1: Why do you always do this to me?
0: I'm really curious. What are your thoughts on, and just give me the skim of your thoughts because we're going to do another episode on this creator. His name is Nickocado avocado, and we're actually going to do a Patreon episode on just him because he's extremely fascinating
1: but it's a great word
0: for okay. So, for people who don't know who Nikocado Avocado is, do you want to
1: tell them? No, you're more than welcome to lead this conversation.
0: So, Nikocado Avocado is a American like internet celebrity, he's known for his mukbang videos on YouTube. He has like almost 10 million subscribers on YouTube. With that being said, he's not your usual mukbanger. And I'm going to be talking about weight gain, and it's not because it is irrelevant information. I'm not just saying this to mark him and his body. I'm, I'm saying this because it's pertinent to the subject, but he gained a lot of weight when he started doing mukbangs, and that's something that he's very open about. Um, but what's going on on his channel is a mess. He has, he'll make mukbangs where he takes his CPAP machine, which is used for sleep apnea. And it's this mask that goes on top of your nose, I believe. Maybe there's ones that cover your mouth too, but I'm not quite sure. But it goes over your nose and it hooks up to this machine and it helps you breathe at night. And there's so many different people that use CPAP machines. It's not just for people who are fat or plus size or mid size. It's like, there's so many different factors that go into sleep apnea And he will actually put on his machine and then do a mukbang and kind of Mm -hmm. make it, make this video where he's eating 30 bags or 15 bags of McDonald's and he's fighting with his boyfriend or his his husband um, husband or or boyfriend and he is with a CPAP machine on and he's surrounded by burgers. And this is no longer real. This is no. no longer even a fucking mukbang. It is just – to me, it's just making an absolute spectacle. And a sh- it's just – it's so disrespectful to plus-size people because what you're doing is you're just – you're making a mockery. You are making a fucking exactly. mockery.
1: That's all I was Absolutely. saying in my head. I was like, mockery.
0: Absolutely. And do you think that there should be like – Okay, you know
1: when people do – when
0: they like maybe drive dangerously or they're doing a dangerous sport and they upload it to YouTube or they upload it to TikTok and it'll say, you know, kind of at some point it'll say if you're – you only if you're a professional should you attempt to do what's being done in this, this
1: question in different ways every time on the podcast I swear <laughs> to God, I feel like last time you were like do you think there should be warning flags for children or something and I was like you just want me to get canceled like this is your goal on every episode
0: <laughs> I I think you're hallucinating I don't think I asked that
1: are you gaslighting me now
0: I'm really trying not to <laughs> I'm so sorry. (laughs) I can answer it. I can answer it first if you want, if that makes you.
1: Please repeat the question. What was it?
0: Okay. So I'm curious for, for mukbang videos where people are eating eating just so much food and even videos like Nikocado videos where he's like eating 15 burgers with a CPAP machine on his partner's like yelling at him and he's saying that he can't walk and his like shirt is like, right. Like there's so much
1: like, you know, I I almost physically like vomit. Like I honestly, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to, I'm going to go. I fucking hate him. I can't get it. He literally make, it makes me gag watching his stuff. Like when it comes up on Mm -hmm. TikTok and YouTube and it's like, there's a part of me that feels like so sad for him because like he made this, his career choice and now he's stuck like creating more Mm -hmm. shock content and it has to become like bigger and sadder and like I don't know more scripted storylines and at the same time I literally cannot watch it because I gag and I am repulsed by it like it's not it's not funny it's not entertaining to me like it's a mockery of fat people it's not just a spectacle like it is a freaking joke it's a stigmatization of fat people and like it's really sad and it literally I every time I put on one of his videos I just start Yagging. I just can't. I can't do it with this guy. And I feel like when you were looking at these mukbangs from the like clips on YouTube, the screenshots. What do you call that? The nail. The nail clip. Thumbnail. Oh God, a YouTuber. What the hell am I doing here? Yeah, thumbnail. The, thumb, the thumbnail. When I do the thumbnail, I feel like you pretty much know what you're getting in the video when it says like mukbang. Like someone's gonna be eating food. If someone eating food triggers you, especially when you see the photo with a ton of food. Maybe don't watch it. I don't think you need a red flag for that. It's like, are we getting to the point? Oh my God, I'm going to sound like such a fucking conservative Republican. Are we getting to the point where everything just needs a fucking warning label on it? Well, I think that
0: it's funny that you say that because I agree with you that I don't think content warnings or trigger warnings are, are good at all. And I'm really curious when there's a psychologist that... Was being interviewed in one of the podcasts that you sent over for research. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that while there isn't any explicit research to show any links between mukbangs and binge eating or Mm. mukbangs and eating disorders in general, there just isn't any research that has been done. There's nothing that is out there that we can definitively say, but there are there are professionals and experts in psychology who say that this can absolutely increase binge eating. And yeah. this can absolutely also increase in under eating because a person who is struggling with eating or struggling with anorexia of any type could watch these videos and say okay they're eating that for me. Look at how disgusting they are when they're eating all of this. I am not going to I'm not going to eat that. Look at them. And then I'm like we might actually need a warning on these types of videos to say like hey this could be psychologically harming because this is explicit explicit overeating. This isn't just us talking on a podcast about like bingeing where We get to, you know, summarize what this podcast episode is about. Like, you know what you're coming in here for. You're explicitly watching someone overeat, and overeating is considered self harm usually, except when you're doing mukbangs. Like, what is the line?
1: Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, I agree with you on all those points. And at the same time, then I ask do we have to put food warnings on everything? Because if in that line of thought, food in general can trigger binge eating episodes, emotional eating episodes, right? Um, So then when we're seeing commercials like McDonald's, Burger King, where it's all fake food and it's been like, you know, painted on, then do we need, do we have warnings on those and the little fine prints? Should we make them bigger to say that this is literally all plaster?
0: Mm, This is, I don't So
1: should it go on everything then?
0: I know what you mean. I, I hear you. I think that's a common that's a common confusion. And I don't think that there's a clear answer on that because it's like I feel like it's a bit of a both and. And this sort of connects to mine and yours perspective on like trigger warnings and content warnings in general of do we do we? Do we content warn on everything or do we leave it up to the responsibility of the individual? And I think that it's, of course, like a both-and, but I do agree with you that it gets really confusing when you're in that gray area of, of it not being explicit, it's implicit. So when you're seeing one burger on the screen, that's just one burger. It's not telling you to eat 12, but also if there was a little content warning that said, hey, by the way, this burger kind of fucking sucks. And it's actually 12,000 times smaller than advertised. And also, you might feel better, I don't know, eating different food or like eat this when you're like on the go. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Don't nobody okay. get mad at me for for saying that. But I just... Okay coming up with these like fake, like content warnings, I can understand why the gray area would be really confusing for sure.
1: Okay. I hear you and I agree with you. And like, what if though, like, you know, okay, how bloggers and influencers have to like say if something was gifted or like hosted or whatever it may be in like the, like, you know, caption, what if they had to disclose like how many hours it took to eat or like if it was manipulated in editing or just like in all the ways it was false.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm
1: so intrigued for that.
0: I completely agree with you. Just on
1: transparency. I
0: think that that would be so – I think that would be so powerful. One of the other people that – we were listening to she was talking about how she does these mukbangs and she's one of the content creators who does the asmr mukbangs and she does cut out her eyes so that way the frame is just the food and her nose and her mouth and she was saying that she uses the mukbangs to eat all of her cravings but then the rest of the week she doesn't eat like that and if you go from youtube to to her Instagram, she will be. She said that she does gym checks. So she's proving to her community that she goes to the gym. And then in order to look like her, that you have to go to the gym. So she uses mukbangs as being indulgent with cravings. And that to me is an admittance of a binge. You are now admitting that you're binging, which is considered self-harm. And so if we are okay with this sort of this undercurrent of self-harm in these mukbangs, why can't I talk about binge eating online if we're like letting mukbangs happen? Why can't I talk about binge eating online? I would just like to know.
1: No, I honestly don't get why you're not allowed to talk about binging online because some of the videos you sent me, like were binging, AKA <laughs> yeah. mukbangs. So I don't understand. Like, I really don't personally see the difference. In fact, like, if I'm going to be honest, I don't know about you, but like some of those mukbangs are a lot more food than like I would ever personally binge. So when I see that, I'm like, holy shit, it's allowed. Like there's no, yeah. I feel, like, I feel like if it was more fat people doing it, they'd be like, this is an eating disorder. Children are not allowed to see this. And, um, you are banned from the internet.
0: Yeah. I was really curious about that too. Like, what if this originated from, um, like the, like the, like, a fat
1: community <laughs> that wouldn't be allowed how dare no, you definitely not
0: how dare so no, this
1: is like totally because it's from the lifting community like are you kidding me
0: yeah i think that's inter- that's an interesting layer to it as well um so my ending thoughts here is that mukbangs are not honest mukbangs are in my opinion glorified glorified binges Mukbangs tend to sensationalize fast and easy food, which is also wonderful and delicious, but I have to say what I have to say on here. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that people should watch Mukbangs without without a self-awareness check. Why am I watching this? What does this serve for me? And then if you're like, you know what? I just fucking love this. That's awesome. That's great. And if you're watching it because that gives you – a way to be comforted from your cravings or you're watching it. So that way it's like a sense, it's something that's like a spectacle of like, because there are fat people who do mukbangs, if you're watching it for that, I don't know. I just think that the self-awareness check is really important. I'm curious about your your wrap-up thoughts with this.
1: Yeah, I think you're like much much better well spoken at these things than me i think like for me i just have all these visuals of terrible mukbangs from yesterday like i watched Mm -hmm. a woman beat eels live eels yeah and fish to death in front of me and i just like i genuinely like where can someone comment to tell me like What is the joy? Like, is it truly just because you can't enjoy these foods on a daily basis? Like, I really want, I need some answers here. I need to know, like, if there is a ton of benefit to this content and how harmful is it to the creators. Um, I hated researching this and I'm glad this podcast is over. And um, I think mukbangs are terrible. Thank you. And good night.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um thank you good night everybody
1: okay um, bye McTrop.
0: thank you so much for all of the work that you did put into this podcast because Kayla yeah, did too. the but you did the bulk of the research and you did so much research for this and I just feel really yeah really grateful that you did all of that because that we I think we obviously fucking nailed it and I personally <laughs> I
1: Are we I still love recording it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I personally love you. I loved this conversation. I thought it was great. Just letting people know that we are going to do a couple of episodes, which will have video attached to them, but also audio on our Patreon and the few first few videos that we're going to do for that is going to be on Nikocado Avocado. We're going to do a deep dive into him with a, as as people who have struggled with binge eating, we're going to give that perspective on him.
1: It's going to be and, so then, fun.
0: and then on top of that, we're also going to do another video and a private podcast about feederism and, and what that is. Woo! <laughs> because we have some things to say about- Yo, you have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> how we're involved in this you have no idea how we're involved in this so head over to patreon that is the best way to support us right now or rate this podcast five stars wherever you're listening we're just so happy and stoked that you're here and if you want to come and support us a little bit more patreon and leaving the podcast reviews is where it's at thank you guys so much
1: thank you (laughs)